What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Offside Report A-League slash Socceroos edition. Jack Elliott, Mitch Ball, and myself, Nick Guglielmino, return this week to recap the first six weeks of the A-League season as we take a pause in the campaign with the World Cup in Qatar officially underway. And with the Socceroos kicking off in their fifth consecutive World Cup campaign tomorrow morning against France, we'll be previewing all of that, looking at their squad and taking a deep dive into what their... uh, uh, campaign in guitar is going to look like um, but first it's all it's all about the A-League and wow what a weekend of football it was what a final weekend it was before uh, we headed into guitar um, from the original rivalry between Adelaide United and Melbourne Victory to the jam-packed Sydney Derby at Allianz Stadium and the last go- the last gasp goals on Sunday as well um, it was all happening but without further ado it's my pleasure to welcome Jack and Mitch back to the stand to help me dissect all of that. Uh, Jack, I'll start off with you because you are our resident A-League expert. Um, Firstly, I guess, how did you enjoy that final weekend of the A-League and have you caught the World Cup fever yet? Thanks, Nick. Thanks for the warm introduction. Um, Firstly, touching on that, uh, I believe it was round six of the A-League. That was by far the best round. um, Absolutely. That we've... um, a football that we've been exposed to to the year thus far. Um, I'm really glad that we had that round coming into this A-League, especially because I've been talking about how important, um, you know, the start to this A-League season is leading into the World Cup and the momentum that we'll get from the World Cup as well. Um, I mean, it had everything. It had it had derbies galore. Well, obviously the rivalry with Adelaide United Melbourne victory and seeing Craig Goodwin um, yep. you know, dominate that game and, and yep. you know, cement his spot mm. in, in Qatar. And now we're excited to see him start, yep. really. Yep. A lot of people have him starting. So that was amazing. Seeing Melbourne City, you know, their front th- three with Tilio, Leckie. I mean, I know Naboo mm. missed out, but just, um, you know, McLaren as well, obviously. Um, that was amazing to see the Sydney Derby, um, you know, credit to the – to the um, A-League Access All Areas team as well. I, I watched that recently with um, following Mark Rodan and the, the Wanderers in yep. the build-up to that game. That was an amazing insight and that's really good content and that's what we need to keep seeing more mm. of to build the storylines yep. um, behind the players and the team. So, yep. um, yeah, that was seeing Yangi score that goal and Ninkovic <laughs> play such a big part of that. I yep. mean, what more could you want? Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, it, it was the perfect uh, promotion for the for the league um, at such a crucial time with uh, most of the country's attention turning towards uh, the Socceroos and just the sport in general. And to have that going on in our own backyard uh, with the attention turned to it uh, is crucial. And if the Socceroos can follow it up with a really good tournament um, over there in the Middle East, uh, it'll be yeah great for the game here. So. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, yeah, hopefully it starts off well tomorrow yeah. morning. And obviously I forgot to mention Grand Qual, two goals off the bench. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, yeah. that was that was amazing. And and both just the quality he showed um, in that 30 minutes he had was mm. something that I don't think we've seen in the A-League for, for quite some time. I haven't been this excited about an Australian player probably since Arzani when he dominated the A-League for a year before yeah. he made the move to Celtic and – prior to that, actually played a, a similar role to what we're expecting to see Qual play yeah. um, off the yeah. bench. So hopefully Qual has a few, um, few less problems injury-wise than, yeah. than, than, uh, Fingers crossed. than Arzani, but oh, um, no. we need to be positive. So, 
Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all exciting. Yeah. Mitch, welcome to the stand. Um, I'll, I'll ask for your opinion on uh, Qual, actually, to start things off. Um, are you excited to be watching him in the World Cup? And, you know, are you, are you buying into the hype? Newcastle bought into the hype, so why shouldn't we? Yeah. it's No, look, he's definitely exciting. I just think it's one of those things where you don't want to rush a player, especially a young player. And, you know, it's quite clear that Central Coast are happy to blood him. And realistically, you know, a young, exciting player that's got the technical ability he does and the speed, well, you bring him on late in games and he can tear it apart, and that's exactly what he's been doing. So I think that's how the Socceroos look to use him, uh, definitely. And there's no reason why he can't really make a big impact and I think get Newcastle fans that maybe have seen a bit of him in his highlights in the A-League, get him, ex- you know, get him excited on the world stage and go, actually, you know what, guys, we, we have a possible real player for the future. Mm. I just want to take it back to the Sydney derby. Not only was that a great spectacle, and it, it really was, but the thing that really made it a great spectacle is the fact that there was 34,000 people in attendance at the stadium. Yeah. And, you know, that's some of the best, or it is some of the best A-League numbers we've seen in a few years. So And it was know, loud as well. It was loud. I mean, but that's what these stadiums are perfect for. Yeah. Not we're not playing in these sixty thousand seat stadiums. That's a you know it's mm. brand new. It's thirty odd thousand, includes thirty five thousand people because that's what that was there. But it's a perfect rectangular stadium. Yeah, get everyone close. The atmosphere. So realistically, I, I really hope the A League can not only build off that, but you know gain some extra momentum during this World Cup, and then we hit the ground running come match week seven um, of the A League uh, late December or yeah. mid December. Sorry, I think it will. Um, the Sydney Football Stadium. I mean, I now have that on my, you know, list of things to do over the summer. I want to go there to watch an A-League game. Just from what I saw at that derby, I want to experience that atmosphere. Mm. Um, and it will put a bit of pressure on the um, the Melbourne derby too, I think. Yeah. 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 I think us Melbournians will be thinking, you know, we want our derby to be the, yep. the biggest fixture. The premier one. Yeah. I'm talking about biggest fixtures, and I know this isn't exactly focusing on uh, reviewing the first six weeks of the A-League season, but we're all familiar with the news of uh, – the A-League, we're in talks with Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah, uh, they can be in talks all they want. I'll be absolutely, sh- uh, I'll be blown away. Let's uh, just let's just play. Happened. Let's play with the imaginary money I, that I, we that all of a sudden the the APL the A-Leagues have access to fifty two million dollars to pay his wages. Yeah, where does he go? Uh, I don't think we could afford to get Cristiano Ronaldo down for Nani's fortieth birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Let alone play. That's for- a good point. Um, to answer your question, Mitch, uh, I don't even like. It would have to be one of the three big clubs: Melbourne City, Melbourne Victory, What's or Sydney FC. Yeah, the only way it can be done, I think, is a, is a City Group signing. Yeah, um, and City Group sign him to you know New York City, and then loan him out to Melbourne City, and he gets paid a coaching wage, which is outside of the cap, and which is about you know fifty one million dollars a year, and he gets paid he gets a million to actually play, and oh, and then he yeah look. <laughs> You know, you got to commend the boldness and that, you know, that they're out there, the APL are out there looking for opportunities and they're, well, just they're, a, they're showing ambition. It's a, it's a good thing. And I think that for them being public about it, I, I it's, think it's, yeah, just a media, uh, you know, way to get the A-League out there more or less than, than anything else. I don't think we, yeah. well, oh, there's no yeah. way there's a checkbook big enough. No, but I'd, I'd rather hear that they're being proactive and trying to do something to build the profile of the, mm. the competition and the sport rather than not hear anything at all. No, well, it's worked for United, you know, bringing in Rado and <laughs> it's created a really positive environment for all the young players. So I'd, I'd, why not follow yeah. suit? And yeah, I just wanted to mention as well, just on that final um, that final round uh, yeah. of the A-League, with, uh, you know, the reigning premiers, uh, Western United, 
really, really tough start to the year. I remember seeing them uh, in that opening match against Melbourne City. Mm. Um, they've just looked, uh, they've just looked like a different side all year. Their defense, which is normally so reliable, um, has just really let them down. And then they go to Wellington. Um, they go, you know, down two nil, and they uh, they missed a penalty. Wellington. I was mm. watching this game, and I haven't seen a team look so vulnerable at at two nil. The psychological impact of them missing that penalty, and then you put Diamanti and Prijevic, their two superstars, on the game, and they just turn the game on its head yep. and win it. And you know, Western United, as as I mentioned in the first edition of this, I think look if they can just sneak into the top six and have their best team available, yeah, they've done it before. They can do it again. So for them. They've just got to try and make that six and have their best players yeah. available. So you're not concerned with their first five weeks of the season? Oh, look, I, I, I don't. I certainly don't think that they should be favourites to win. Mm. But Priyavich, if yeah, Priyavich is the most dangerous player in the competition still. Yeah. Um, if they can get him fit and firing and, and motivated, I, I heard that there was talk of him not wanting to be there and so on. But I think he's, he's now accepted that he's going to play another year in the A-League. Yeah. Um, so if you can get him going, get the service into him and the defence can get its act back together, well, then there'll be there'll be a threat again. Yeah. It does have all the the makings to be a turning point in their season. Just, just the way the comeback happened and how good that Diamante free kick was right at the death. And that, I feel like that was his first goal in a very long time. I can't remember the last time he actually... Score. This was definitely his first goal of the season. Yeah, we barely played last yeah, year. Yeah, the reality yeah. is, yeah, all the injuries from last year. He didn't get much game time at all. So, and yeah, he's a real linchpin, and he's a quality, quality A League signing, especially in the midfield. So, yeah, yeah, the more game time he actually gets, and that's the thing, he doesn't have the match fitness yet. Mm. It's a long time coming. I, you know, this break doesn't help him, but I dare say the A League teams are doing everything they can to stay yeah. fit over this period, especially the ones that don't have. A big cohort in the in the soccer squad, or yeah. In other international squads, well, we've been seeing actually. Um, it's actually a good point, Mitch. Uh, we saw Sydney FC and Western Sydney taking on Everton and um, and Celtic over in Sydney at the moment, and uh, Sydney put in a good, pretty good fight against uh, Celtic, was it? Yeah, Celtic in the in that first game, and um, yeah, they seem they seem to be getting some pretty good, um, yeah, some pretty good reviews back over in Scotland, so. Yeah, look, they probably needed to actually take this pretty seriously, Sydney FC. They haven't had the start to the season that they would have liked. They, The yep. injury to Alex Wilkinson has really hurt them. Mm. Um, they've still, like, their defence is quite leaky. It's, it seems very yeah. weak. They lack a centre-back, um, don't they? Yeah, and I know Jack Rodwell was, has been brought in to sort of be like a spare centre-back defensive midfielder, can play between the two positions, and he's still yet to take the park. Yeah. Um, and then LaFondra has been out. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of criticism to the Sydney FC and their list management basically around how they're just too old and yeah. too injury-prone. Um, but... Because um, you had them finishing um, near the top of the table. All of the talk will be about the three big Victorian teams and yep. Sydney FC just going to slide under the radar and when it comes to crunch yep. in finals, they're just going to pop up, win a few away games and um, and take it out. That's my tip. I'm sticking with it. Um, That's a long season. Yeah, uh, I'm sticking with it, but um, they've, got a, they've got a long way to go and hopefully um, get their players back and fit. Yeah. And victory, um, victory also lack a centre back. 
just on that note as well. And speaking of uh, great atmospheres, um, it's not called High Marsh anymore, uh, but uh, Cooper Stadium. Cooper Stadium is um, that 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 place was rocking um, that night as well. Uh, Adelaide put on quite the show and absolutely tore rich uh, victory a new one, three uh, 0 in the end. But um, victory that they've just been very hot and cold at the moment. Um, what are we? Is, is it a defensive issue? more for them or uh, are they a couple of defenders away from really solidifying that top three, four spot on the on the table? Well, it's an interesting game because realistically until very late, I think from the 85th minute, it was 1-0 and mm-hmm. then Adelaide United went bang, bang, which is obviously signs of a good team that, you know, they didn't stop and they actually kept pushing until they found the right spot. But just victory, there's just something missing. Yeah. Um, and obviously defensively it's not pretty at the moment, but mm-hmm. I, think, I think it's more going forward because – Having a player like Nani out there is fantastic. Technically, going forward, he looks the goods, but it's that final execution of that final pass. He doesn't. He's not the player anymore that's got the speed. Mm. So he can't, he's not going to help you on a quick break. He's not going to be able to drop back and defend as quick as yep. you know some other players can. So it's almost like they've got to find. They're trying to find. They bought him because what a signing to bring in and, and a fantastic player. But how do you actually make it work within a system that you know you've got all these players? So they've gone defensively hard in, in terms of now having the two CDMs. Mm. But then that takes away, and then then they bring in Comedies, and they sign Fornaroli, yeah. And they still, you know, they're trying to find room for all these attacking players. But in the end, they've got Lee Broxham starting at centre half, who's in his. I think he's almost played more seasons Mate. at Melbourne Victory than I've been alive for. Yeah, yeah. So you know, which is a credit to him. He's doing fantastic. But Victory need that succession plan to really continue. Yeah, and to really continue to breed because they've got the arguably their forward depth is up there with the best in the competition. Yeah, but. If, if you're not scoring goals, which they're not at the moment, then you've got to stop. You've got to stop conceding them. Otherwise, you're just going to drop points in every single match, and that's what yeah. we're seeing so far. Yeah, seeing Lee Broxham play at centre back has to be one of the most frustrating things I've ever seen. And it, like, because it's just been going on year after year, and it's just never worked. But they just don't ever change it. It's just like he, he's he's too short. Yes, he's all right with, you know, short, the short defenders, though. They, they, yeah, they got a bit of stick, but we're seeing a very decent one mm. at the moment in the Premier League. So it's, it's. Unless you're world class. Um, world class A League and world class <laughs> Premier League are two different standards. I, but yeah, no I, I, no, I don't disagree with what you're saying. You'd want to, I mean, it's, I, I just feel like we're it's, lacking. It's tough. Yeah. And in a league like where, it. in a league where, you know, target men um, and quick play through and, you know, there's a lot of balls going into the area, high balls going forward, mm. not much defeat. You want a big, strong centre half, and, and that's what that's how West United was so successful last year with Lacour. Yeah, you know, he, he was extremely impressive. Nothing much got back through, not much got through him. Sorry, and obviously we're not seeing that come through at this stage just yet. Yeah, but yeah, take a leaf out of their book and and go big. But I suppose that's what Roderick Miranda's there for, and at the moment it's not working out. So. Mm. It'll be interesting to see what Victory do in this break and, and how they treat it, and if they look to look at some younger players. But I just yeah. think that they've got to get some continuity in the squad and what they're actually trying to do. Yeah. Because Jack Broom was the best player in the A-League last year, was Victory's best player, and he's coming off the bench now. Mm. I mean, are we saying that's a drop in form from him or are we saying that is a better player? Because yeah. it's interesting. And then you've got Nani in there as well. You've got D'Agostino coming off the bench. These are all players. Economini's coming yeah. off the bench. And he's probably been their best player as well in terms of output. And this, and yeah. this is the thing. it's They're just trying to fit a lot of players in at the moment. I feel like they don't know what their puzzle looks like. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's interesting. So we'll, we'll see how they come out. And I think that's going to be the big thing with a lot of teams. This break is either going to completely and utterly destroy every momentum that you built mm. or if you're on the other side of the scale, can you then bring something back in and you know, start fresh again? Because we're six games in 
to mm. what twenty six rounds or twenty six match weeks. Mm. So there's plenty of time to get things right, and it can almost be like, oh well, whatever happened in the first six weeks, we can just put it to the side. I think one one side that's definitely going to be pretty happy after the first six weeks is not the side that's on top of Melbourne City, even though they're undefeated, but it's actually Adelaide. They've, they've played away four times in the first six weeks, and yeah. they're still sitting third. Yeah, you know, I think they're flying under the radar a bit, and they'll be very happy. And I know it's one of Jack's favourite men. Uh, that's definitely leading the line there in Craig Goodwin, but yeah, they're 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 looking really good. Yeah, really, really good, really good. And I don't think they're really flying under the radar anymore. Um, yeah, they're they're regarded um, as one of the the best playing football sides, um, and obviously being the top three as well. Um, Ibasuki up front starting to, to hit the back of the net, which is a massive. Um, yeah, mm. it feels a massive void for them um, when they've got service and pace um, on both wings. So there's. Uh, yeah, I think that there's some really good football being played. I think it's in terms of if we had to say how the first, you know, six weeks or six mm. rounds of the A-League, I'd give it a a, a B. A B. Yeah. Um, and with with plenty and plenty of good players to come back in yeah. as well to really um, and with the momentum of the World Cup, um, to really have the the season in a in a strong place um, throughout the summer and the remainder of the league. Yeah, yeah, I I second that as well. I'd probably give it around a B as well. It, the first, I think we started off on a really good note the first week, um, and then we had the Melbourne derby. I think that was a good a good showcase for the league as well. Um, but then it just kind of slowed down a bit in that middle period, and then again finished on the high note. But like I said earlier, the, the World Cup's massive in terms of continuing that momentum into the second half of the season, or not second half of the season, the remainder of the season. Um, but um, an, another interesting point uh, might be worth touching on. Actually, it's not so interesting. It's um, more not surprising than <laughs> Melbourne City's on top of the table. Um, yeah, it, it's what we expected, Mitch. It's in, yeah, and certainly, well, I, I tipped Melbourne City to be up there, so I'm, I'm very happy with that one. Uh, but no, look, it's certainly they're just continuing on what they did last year. They started extremely strong. Yep. But it's all about how they finish. And, and from all reports, it, they might not even be, they might not have uh, Kiznorbo at the, at the you know, helm of the ship because it's looking like there's a bit of League One, League uh, <laughs> interest uh, coming after him. And obviously, Citigroup have a club over there in that grade. So you can assume it's going to be there, but no reports yep. have been said uh, as to which club. But apparently, they, there is interest and he's even interested himself, which is. You know, it's exciting to see an Australian or, you know, a, a coach that's involved in the Australian mm. setups get an opportunity over there and it could really make the A-League a plausible sort of uh, path uh, for young coaches coming through, which means we could see more people coming out here like Dwight York has yeah. and really use the A-League as a, you know, as a way, a stepping stone to get to bigger things, which I don't think there's anything wrong if that's no. the way, you know, I think players, you look at other sports in Australia, the NBL. Yeah, we're now having you know college basketballers come over to Australia to then get drafted into the NBA. Mm. So you know if we can actually start being used as that sort of a platform, imagine kids at City, kids at United, that's oh, massive. Kids at Arsenal, Liverpool coming over to Australia to get first team. Yeah, you know that can only bring the standard of football in Australia up. Because Absolutely. All of a sudden, our you know the kids in our age groups, uh, you know that are at City and Victory, they're playing with kids at a higher quality. Yeah. It can it can only improve the game and make it more applicable and, and more people want to be involved in it. Well that's that that's the Postacoglu effect. And I think there's even talks now um, of Kevin Musket going to Scotland. I think he just won the title over in Japan. And now Rangers are without a manager. Um 
So, yeah, that'll be interesting to see if he can make that move to Scotland and take the next step, old Kevin Musket. Um, but, yeah, what about you, Jack, um, with Melbourne City? Uh, no surprises there, but um, are you expecting them to continue that trend into the rest of the season after the World Cup? Yeah, I do. Um, I mean, Barisha's been a fantastic recruit for them. Their back line has been as as sturdy as ever. I think they've. Um, I think it's them and Western Sydney Wanderers who have conceded the mm-hmm. least amount of goals. Um, and yeah, and both of them by far just look the most sound in the in the in the yeah. defence part. Uh, Aidan O'Neill has, has been. He's had a great start to the season. McLaren had just showing the ultimate poaching skills that he has. Yeah. Like they're nothing flashy. Some of his goals is just there. Yeah. But that's a part of the art of being a striker. And hopefully we can see a bit of that in Qatar. Absolutely. That's um, what I was going to say. Yeah. Glover's meant to be the Socceroos sort of next keeper in mind. And you know, there's a bit of talk about there about how we a bit short on the, mm. the keeping stocks coming through and then the next sort of group of players. But um, he's the man sort of leading the charge at the moment, so they don't really have any weakness. Yeah. Um, it would just be really, um, mm. can they mentally have that consistency and and um, and and stay together as a unit when it gets to the finals? Because yeah. that's just yeah. kind of where it seems to be crashing for them. Yeah. Um, but I have no doubt they'll be the the premiers in terms of the top of the table. But mm. whether they can win the the finals is a different story. Yep, agreed. And Tilio is another one uh, that's obviously made that late inclusion into the Socceroos squad after uh, Martin Boyle's injury. So he's going to be one to watch over in Qatar. But before we do get into the Socceroos squad, I just want to go through a couple of uh, questions. I'm going to flick you guys a few questions to wrap, uh, finish off the A-League chat. I want to know who has surprised slash impressed you the most so far. Maybe you start, Jack. Look, I think it would have to be, and I'll go against my one of my predictions um, from Sydney FC and both Lolly. Um, I mean, Lolly's been amazing and on the wing there. Yeah. Um, but also, we've got Mac. Those two have just been fantastic, mm. and I had Mac as my sort of import of the year. Um, yeah. And I th- he's he's been really exciting to watch. Um, I know I'm backing in Sydney. I've seen I'm being a bit biased, but um, he's really impressed me with what he offers mm. um, and what he's giving Sydney FC when they're not doing a huge amount moving forward at the moment. Yeah. Um, in terms of young Australian players, uh, obviously, you know, you can't really go past Grand Qual. He's no. just he's there's been expectation and hype on him, yeah, and he has delivered. And delivered again. Yeah, yeah. Like it's so the for him to have that mental and the resilience that, yeah. and the, the pressure on him, and every time he comes off the bench, everyone's expecting this, and he's delivered every time he's come off the bench. Yeah. That is, um, couldn't be more impressed with his um, with how he's gone about it this yeah. year. Yeah, and that's the thing, especially because he hasn't um, actually started a game, but he's he's coming off the bench and still contrib- contributing to the score the score sheet through goals, assists pretty much everything. Um, it's just so exciting to watch. And yeah, I think that's a very good sign of, it's a, it's a sign of a very good player. Um, so I'm yeah, really looking forward to uh, what he can do over in Qatar. And that's probably a good segue into my, um, the team I'm most impressed with, which is the Mariners. They're just scoring goals for fun. Um, even in that loss against MacArthur, I thought obviously we spoke about QL's two goals off the bench, scored three over in Western Sydney. That is very, that's proven very hard to do this season. I think the Wanderers have been a very good side. 
the Mar- uh, they scored four against Western United last season's premiers. So, um, yeah, they're scoring goals for fun. They're a very exciting team to watch, and I think that's a it's just refreshing um, to to have that over in Central Coast. But yeah. Mitch, look, I'm going to go a bit of bit of love, a bit of team love, and a bit of. Uh <laughs> um, player love. I think Marcelo for Western Sydney Wanderers has been key. Um, I think he's really held them and been steady at the back. We've, we've mentioned defensive lapses costing a lot of teams, and I think that's well, we know that's been one of the strongest parts of Western Sydney's game. And I think that's realistically why they are is because of him and just the steadiness he provides. And you know, I think he's been key to how they've started. Um, the other team, and I mentioned them earlier, is Adelaide United have really mm. impressed me. Um, just that away, that ability to. Have that many games away at the start of year season, and still to be third on the ladder, I think is is a really good showing and a really good sign for them because you can build off that once you know you start to get home games. Home games is where you build momentum. It's where you can really get your fans on side, and they haven't had a good opportunity to do that yet. And to be sitting third, if you're a supporter and a member of Adelaide United, you're going to want to come and watch them play now because you haven't had that much of an opportunity yet in the early season. And now after the World Cup, you'll be even more excited to watch more football. So I just think they can really ride that wave. Uh, and get some real momentum behind them coming back after the break. So they've, they've really impressed me to date, and I'm looking forward to seeing how they come through um, after the break. Yeah. And at the opposite end of the spectrum, um, the teams that have disappointed the most, I know I've, I couldn't really – it was hard for me to pick one team, but I'll flick over to you, <laughs> Jack, see what you've gone for. Oh, look <laughs> – Easy to say Western United and Perth Glory, you know, to being down the bottom of the yeah. ladder. But um, I have was expecting more from Sydney FC Melbourne victory so far. Um, yeah. They've probably been the most disappointing. If you look at where they are from their their squads and expectations mm-hmm. and where they sit on the ladder at the moment, yeah. um, they have to do better. Um, so as Mitch mentioned before, um, the, the break's going to be really important for them to be able to regroup and come back and have a real assault because – those two sides need to be in the top four. Anything less than the top four finish is a fail. Yeah. No, I've, I'm the same as you. I've, I've gone Sydney FC. I just think the, the losses in the big games against Victory at home, uh, Western Sydney at home, and they, it was a disappointing loss over in Brisbane as well. Um, and uh, I think they were very lucky to get that win over MacArthur. It was those two controversial penalty decisions that went their way. Uh, I don't think we'll touch on VAR at the moment because that's just going to open a whole whole other uh, can of worms. But, um, yeah, I think Sydney FC, like you said, from where they were, uh, from where we expected them to be to where they are now, um, uh, yeah, two completely different spots. But, Mitch? Oh, look, mine comes as no surprise and it's just you just have to look at the ladder and where they are. But I think for Western United, they'd be disappointed. We can say, oh, yeah, but they're back. They won their last game. But you, they won the league last year. They're sitting second last. That they'd expect themselves to be higher, and, and you know it's not mm. what they spoke about during the preseason. It's not what their their players want to deliver, and it's not the, you know the quality of players they've got. They shouldn't be there. Yeah. So I think while they may turn it around, and they should turn it around. Thus far, they just haven't ticked the boxes they need to tick, and it's it's being competitive in games. It's it's putting away chances and opportunities, and you know they've, they've been blown away a few times. And I just think you should be doing better for what they've been at. And, Oh, yeah, we can talk about, you know, uh, Prijevich hasn't started. Well, that's goals. That's not conceding goals. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they've just been disappointed to start with. And I, I think they'll bounce back. I think yeah. there's no way Eloise is going to stand for it. And obviously we spoke about Diamante and getting game time and him and match fitness, but they'll be disappointed. And I think the only way is up, up for them, obviously, but it's can they just complete it and, and start moving in the right direction? Mm. Yeah. Player of the season, boys. 
there's there's a few good candidates out there, but I have a feeling we're all going to be along the same lines on this one. Yeah, um, that is why I'll go first. Nick, thank you very much. Go uh, for it. No, look, I, <laughs> I, I think there's one that's just an absolute in his own league and he's in his own league in the goal scoring ranks too and it, it's McLaren. He, he just does what he's supposed to do and you can say, yeah, but that's just because he scores goals and, you know, he's in the box. Well, I hate to break to you if – if scoring goals and being in the box was uh, how easy it is, well, then everyone would have as many goals as he does right now. But his ability and knack to just be in the right areas and his movement, it's, it's been key. And Melbourne City have relied on it for year, uh, for the last few years and they're really reaping the rewards of having a proper striker. And we're seeing it across a few leagues now that pure number nine is really becoming in fashion. And I think McLaren is really the he's one of those, he's the best in the other league at it. So, yeah. He's been for me, and then obviously the other one I think we'll all also probably have mentioned is, is Craig Goodwin being up there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Goodwin. Craig good, Goodwin's good both, yeah, yeah, being my standout player, absolutely. Yeah, me too. Um, not only playing really good selfless football, but I'm um, finding the back of the net and also leading Adelaide United. Um, he showed showing incredible maturity in the yeah. way he's leading that side. Um, and it just seems like he is at the peak of his powers yeah. right now. Um, and if he stays in the – I mean, he seems really settled at Adelaide, um, you know, but I think he's a, a wasted in the A-League. And if he has a good performance in Qatar, um, he should mm. spend a couple of seasons abroad. Yeah, three, three goals in his last three games. So watch out France. Watch out – the whole of guitar. Uh, Craig Goodwin is coming, so there you go. Unanimous in the in the Goodwin um, in the Goodwin Player of the Season votes, and also McLaren. So two two A League players in the Socceroos squad who you think will play a massive part over there in Qatar. And speaking of that uh, Socceroos squad, let's get stuck into it. I, I think there is a record number of A League players. Um, in that squad, a lot of them coming through the Oli Roos system as well from their last campaign. A couple of, uh, was it last year? The year uh, before? Two the Olympics. The, oh, the Olympics, Olympics was system, two, yeah, two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. So, yeah, a record number of A League players. And um, yeah, obviously a lot of them that we're looking forward to seeing. A lot of them will be um, playing a big part in that first 11. But first of all, guys, let's. Get stuck into the two players, the, the two the two talking points um, about the two players that did miss out, and that was Mitch Langerak and also Trent Sainsbury. Um, Trent, Mitch. Trent Sainsbury, I just you know he joined Melbourne City, yeah, uh, just just training, train, joined training to get fit for the World Cup, and then was ultimately not picked. And I just think that's an interesting move. And I think if there's a team in Melbourne that's also missing a defensive. Uh, uh, mm. a bit of a hole in defence could be an easy one to get across, but I think that ship has sailed not only uh, in a salary cap fashion, but if he's going to City and training, it probably shows where he's more likely to go if he was to join the A-League. But mm. I just think – I don't think it's a bad thing. I think, you know, showing some faith in a younger player like Atkinson is, is fantastic. Yeah. And I think that's the way forward. I just – Australia don't this, – this current crop aren't going to – you know, this isn't this golden generation that we had in what was it, 06. 06, yeah. It, it's, it can build, we can build off it. And putting a player like Atkinson in there, bringing Cool in there, trying to get Volpato in there, <laughs> you know, these young people that will be there for the next World Cup, I think that's key. Tilio, yeah. Tilio, and, uh, you know, those guys being in and around the squad, whether they, they don't have to get major game time, mm. but having them in and around a World Cup environment, the professional, getting them, you know, used to it. So they when they go back in four years' time, yeah. they're not overawed. Yeah. When they play a big game, you know, a qualifying match next, you know, in the next couple of years, 
they're not going to be going into it nervous, not knowing what it feels like, not knowing, you know, the emotions and, and mm. what it can do to you before a match. Yeah. It's key. Yeah. So I like the idea that they've chopped more, some of those more experienced players. I think Langrak's really interesting because there's, gotta be, <laughs> there's just got to be more to that there, story. There, there has to there be. absolutely is. And, and, you know, I'm sure one day we'll see it. It'll it'll yeah. come out somewhere on, in the Twitter sphere or yeah, somewhere there yeah. is something. It, it, it's well, odd. Langrak, yeah. like he re- – Tired from the Socceroos, what a few years ago in during the COVID times because it was many couldn't spend as much time with his family and that was a totally fair enough decision. Um, you know, Arnie had a chat to him and got him back. Um, you know, in the squad and so on, and I, surely a conversation took place is that around that I, you know, I want to be a part of the Socceroos, but I want to be number one. You know, am, mm. I, am I actually going to be playing, or am I just going to be sitting on the bench and, and making up numbers? Yeah, and he said, and surely that the the conversation played that look, you know, Matty Ryan's our number one keeper, and we're going to play him unless he's injured. And yeah. Mitch goes, well, you know what? Don't bother picking me. Well, I, I mean, uh, yeah, it, the, like you guys have said, there's probably more to the story. But at the end of the day, he probably wouldn't even, unless there's an injury to Matty Ryan, we won't be using our second. But, and this is the thing, though. We have, we have three goalkeepers going, and Matty Ryan, who will start, is the youngest of them all. And he's also, they, but he won't be around next World Cup. It's unlikely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so, I mean, that so decline, but, uh, that unfortunate decline is already evident. But, but why not bring why. a younger goalkeeper in like like Tank a club? Yeah. You know, give him the experience. Your third goalkeeper, how unlucky do you have to be? And for Australia. Just, just do it for the And for Australia, yeah. what? That's, that's yeah. effectively a goalkeeper getting injured per game. If Look, if Redmayne wasn't a, like, a so-called penalty expert. They, well, we they, can't say they, so-called. They, he sort of backed well, it up. Is, yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, a penalty expert, if that title even exists. but Can now. <laughs> they would have probably been a bit more open to bringing Glover yeah. on. But they've got Vukovic, he's, he's he's been identified as their second best keeper. Redmayne really? is just identified as if there's a penalty shootout, we're going to bring him on. Well, and you do need someone that can dance yeah. uh, to really bring up the vibe of a changing room. So that definitely comes into play. Oh, mate, it I'm would have concerned. been highway robbery if uh, Redmayne didn't get in the squad. Oh, so. you, can't, you can't do the heroics that he did. He almost bought himself a ticket for life. If he's yeah. still keeping yeah. goals for some A-League club in four years' time, he might get a gig again. And they just he seems to be a good person to have in the dressing room. And I read something about the harmony amongst the goalkeeping ranks, which um, seems to be in a really good place. So um, it's it's all to Matt, Matty Ryan, though, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is great. But, yeah, you, you're talking about the, the disappointments in terms of, you know, who missed out. Um, there's been a lot of attention towards... Um, Langerak, as you mentioned, but Tommy Rogic, I think, is the most probably one, yeah. controversial one. I, 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 similar to Trent Sandsbury, as you were mentioning before, Mitch. Like he, you know, he hasn't been playing much. I know at least Tommy's been, you know, at West Brom now, I believe. Yeah, uh, and playing. He's had a, a few minutes off the bench here and there. He hasn't really had consistent game time, um, but that's that, that's why I believe it's the right call though it, to leave him out. I just don't think he's done enough, not at club level and even at international level. Yeah, uh, look, I don't think he's done enough because he, with the state he's in fitness-wise, I don't think he could start. Yeah. And we already have players on the bench who we're going to bring on as as weapons. You know, we're going to try and stick it out to 60 minutes and then we're going to bring on Quoll, potentially McGree or Mabil, whoever doesn't start, and then go, boys, 
just go for it yeah. and hopefully we're going to try and sneak a goal here. Yeah, so that's it. You, so you can't bring – you can't have five people on the benches, your, your, your impact players. That's it. That's so it. I, I'm not – I'm not debating it. I know a few of the older, heard a few of the no. old Socceroos well, players come out and disagree yeah. with it. Yeah, but you've got to protect your mates. That's, yeah, that, that's, that's what that's, I think it yeah. is. Because the reality is, is that players have overtaken Rogic and the, the main one is Trustich. He's probably, mm. And then you've got, you know, Aaron Moy as well. Riley McGree, you mentioned. I mean, where does Rogic fit amongst that top three? And then the wingers as well. Um, I'm actually really looking forward to the three South Sudanese um boys that have been included in the Socceroos squad, which is a really good story in itself. Um, Owa Mabil, uh, Thomas Deng, and obviously we've spoken plenty about Garen Kual, but a really good story and three real weapons uh, for the Socceroos. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just not sure where any of these uh, these older folks like Tom, Tommy Rogic really fit into that um, in that attack. So, And that's the thing, and, and as that – the policy, not a policy because we know it's not a policy, but maybe that's where it came in. He's not going to be realistically a first option off the bench. Yeah. He's going to be a second or third. So you know what? Let's leave him out of the squad yeah. and give these younger players experience Absolutely. because rather than agree, 98 born, he will be at the next World Cup still. You know, Hurstich will be at the next World Cup. Devlin will be at the next World Cup, assuming, you know, their form continues and they continue to become better players. But Bacchus will be at the next World Cup. You're realistically in that midfield of the players that have been selected. You're only looking at Irvine, Irvine and Moy not being – around purely on the basis of their age as it stands. Yeah. So that's not a bad sign for the Australian football. They, maybe we are actually going in the right direction in terms of – obviously we want to do as well as we can in this current World Cup, but there's no reason that these yeah. guys won't be the ones to, to help us get there. Yeah. Well, that's Arnie's legacy that he wants, isn't it? So you've got the, the team that he took to Tokyo uh, for the Oli Roos only a couple of years ago. There are eight of those players in the current Socceroos squad. Mm. I would be intrigued to have a look at other nations and how many players they have from their under 20, what, is it under 23? Under 21s and you under can have, I think you can have like yeah. two players over. And if you go and look at the Spanish side, their whole midfield is effectively that midfield and they're still all under 21. Yeah. Ridiculous, but that's another story. That, <laughs> it is, yeah. But, yeah, I think that's a pretty – it's a pretty positive sign. It is. Um, and, I mean, a lot of them are not just young players that we're bringing along for experience. I mean, you've, you've got the two, two centre-backs and probably if both fit, they pick themselves in Kai Rolls and Harry Sutar, I reckon. And Sutar is one of the best defenders when fit in well, the championship. But you've just got to look at how excited Stoke City are that he's actually coming back and he's fit. Yeah. They, 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 they rate the kid highly. And say what you want about Stoke and the fact that they're in the championship. They're still a very big club in England. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and they're pushing at this this start of the season. They're up there, yeah. um, you know, pushing, and he'll be a big part of the reason, or a big part of their push come towards the end of the season, mm-hmm. pushing for a promotion or you know one of the playoff spots. And he's key. And if yeah. Australia can, well, it's not to Australia nurture him. If you can get nurtured correctly, in, you know, in the Premier League and yeah. in the Championship, and develop, continue to develop. We could have a wave of players come next yeah. World Cup where we can be more competitive. <laughs> but helped by the fact they're overseas, but they should be there. No, I'm not saying overseas. I'm just saying we're, we're lucky in, in a sense that he picks Australia. He picks yeah. Australia. Because his, 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 his brother did not. So yeah, exactly. you can't win them all. And we've got a few of them. Martin Boyle's one of them who's unfortunately going to oh. miss the World Cup. Jason Cummings. I think the Joker. Good to have. Yeah, that's it. But it, it's really not a bad starting 11. I know we say it's young, inexperienced, and it's not the golden generation. Generation soccer ruse, but when you consider players like Suta 
Taylor, Matty Ryan, Aaron Moy. Um, the wingers, Leckie, McLaren's one of the best strikers I think the A-League's ever seen, really, based on his numbers. Based um, on numbers, he has to be. Yeah. Does he start? <laughs> well, this this becomes yes. where it becomes interesting, and I think he's almost got to on purely the basis of the man knows how to find a goal. And we're talking about the fact that we're going through this Australian squad now, the Socceroos squad, and we're saying, well, these guys have been sort of picked from the get-go. We've not had to deal with injuries. We've not had yeah. to deal with late changes to the squad we've got available. But our team, the team we're versing first has, and the French team, I'll tell you what, <laughs> a player like McLaren in the box, there's a little bit of miscommunication between two <laughs> defenders that haven't played, haven't, you know, didn't think they'd be playing together. They haven't trained together oh, actually, to really have. lead into. Um, Upa Makano and Kanato play Yeah, but you together only like them both Leipzig. because one's at Liverpool. So let's just, let's just. No, but they, I'm just saying they yeah. have played together. But a player like McLaren <laughs> in the World Cup, in the box, they're the ones you want because. Ball spill. And I, Canate yeah. also started the Champions League. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. It's All who, the Liverpool love. It changes the whole front three, I reckon, who you go with as that striker. So if you, I think if you've, if you've got Duke, you're looking at more Lecky and Goodwin, whipping in crosses, playing wide, and, and Duke um, having an aerial threat. If you're going with McLaren, then you probably want to start with Mabil, who's going to be, you know, play maybe a bit closer to McLaren. Um, be yeah, have a bit more, probably a bit more run up and down yeah. the wing. Um, I, I think pace is crucial to unlocking France's defence. Um, trying to go physical against Konate and Upamecano, who are two beasts, I just think it just won't work. We'll just be playing into their hands. That's how they would want it. And both both those defenders as well have pace. By the way, France's starting eleven has been confirmed already. Leaked. I don't know if it's leaks normally leaks normally pretty it's confirmed. Let's be honest. In this day and age. On that note, what are our predictions for our uh, game against France? The, Obviously, the toughest one. So predictions in the outcome or uh, the starting outcome. Outcome. Um, or both, if you want look, to be technical. And oh, nah, no. Nah, I'll just go with outcome. Yep. So I think that I think Denmark will top the group. So yeah. oh, you've stolen my research. Um, <laughs> I think it's a pretty popular, actually. Denmark are, two options. Denmark to be fair, are elite, so. <laughs> and there is a bit of a media beat up on France. Like, oh, they're, they're in turmoil, rah, rah, like that. Come on, look at their starting eleven. They are amazing. Right. So, anyway, I think we're just, I think we're just letting the, a little bit of that excite us a bit, which and help help Australians wake up early yeah. tomorrow morning. So, um, I, I think we do have a, our best chance of getting a point is against France. Yeah. Tomorrow morning, uh, I don't think we can get a point against Denmark. Um, to be honest with you, and I, I think if we can somehow yeah. get a point against France, I think it might be one all. Um, and then if we can beat Tunisia two one and lose to Denmark two nil, they're my predictions for the three games. Um, then it comes down to other results. Yeah, for, if we're to end second, I, I, I'm usually the optimistic type, uh, Jack, but I. I, I can't agree with. I just I don't see how we can manage a draw against France because even though they have a few few notable names out there, Ballon d'Or winner Benzema and you know a few midfield cogs in uh, Kante and Pogba and Kimpembe at the back, they've still got two Real Madrid starting midfielders in Camavinga and Tuchemi. Um, we mentioned their centre backs. Then there's Mbappe. God, it's going to take an almighty Socceroos performance, an all-time Socceroos performance to get a result, I still think. Um, 
Have you not heard of Nathaniel Atkinson? Mbappe is not going to know what is hitting. I hope you're right. Yeah. I really am. A, um, a good Tasmanian boy like myself, he's prime for the big stage. I, Breed him tough down there. You know what? I What could surprise France is Kuol off the bench. He, he caused Barcelona some serious issues in that preseason game against the A-League All-Stars. Um and I think he can do the same on the world stage. He'll, he'll do it at some stage in the, th- in the three games. It's just a matter of when. But he's a, he's a real wild card. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. just praying that Australia, France is the first big upset of the tournament I hope because you're right. it, they happen. Um, we'll, we'll, and one hasn't yeah. really happened yet. And I'm just praying that it's the Socceroos. And, yeah. um, and why not us? us? Well, I'm a bit over you to having a negative attitude. <laughs> Nick, oh, Nick you, claim, you claim to be a Socceroos fan, but, you know, you've been sitting all day going, playing, you know, it's coming home and you've been singing, you've been going, how good's Harry Maguire? I wish Liverpool had a centre-back yeah, like yeah. him. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, you guys have to be confident. This is a French team in dismay. Mm. There's no Pogba. I mean, they're There's team. no Kante. But you're being, no, you're being confident about being negative about the other team. We're being confident about Australia. You're being confident no, but hang on, just that wait. the other team is poorer than they should poor, be. Yeah. It's brilliant. And that's how I should be because, you know what, there's going to be opportunity. And I said Denmark will top the group way before you did, Jack, and you've read my notes there. So you claim I steal your notes. It's the other way around. But Denmark will top the group. But it'll all start with Australia taking some points away. From this French team. And you know what? It'll be a cheeky. I reckon I reckon Socceroos find a goal. Okay. I well, we did manage that last time out, a penalty, but we don't have Yedinak to put him away anymore. That's all right. Yedinak yeah. would be class. He's oh, yeah, very yeah. much a ship's deadier and very good in the midfield, and that experience would have been nice. But, no, look, it'll be one all. One all. One all. I like your optimism. I, I like both of your optimism. Let's go with the heat. I'm not as it's a hot place, Qatar. It is. And that'll suit us. It will. I mean, yeah. the stadiums have air conditioning and I, who would have thought? I'd hate to say that. That'll break down. Gonna, that'll break down. Well, the Australians <laughs> will be in there just twisting <laughs> a few bolts and making sure it all falls. No, look, I think for Australia, it'll be one of those games where we lost 2-0 to the last World Cup. If we were 2-1. to replicate... 2-1. was Sorry. If we can replicate a similar scoreline, it'll be, there's nothing wrong with that, especially with the, the youthfulness of our team. Yeah. And and where our players are at, a lot of them are A-League players. It's not a downplay on the A-League. It's the reality that a lot of the French team are playing in the best squads in the world. Yeah. They, you know, they, they've got Real Madrid players. They've got PSG. These guys, yeah. the, the amount of the value, the squad value, just on squad value, it's huge. Yeah. But I still reckon the Australian way, the way that Australians will go out there, yeah. they're not going to go out there that they're already behind or they're meant to lose. Yeah. And that's how they've got to attack this match. And realistically, it's a free hit against France, isn't it? It is. No one's expecting to do anything, and that's when but Australian we'll just teams be, We'll just be putting 11 players behind the ball, really, and trying to get one on the counter-attack. Burnley stuck up in the Premier be. League for nine years like that. Oh, I'm just, oh no. Oh, it, it has to be the way to go. Yeah, but it, but it works, gonna, yeah. because if you can catch these teams out, because, God, the last thing we need to do is leave space in behind for Mbappe. That's that's Every team knows that. So yeah. you defend deep. You, the second you win the ball, you, you can you congest the, the midfield. Hmm. You stay nice and tight. You force them into wide areas. You try and use the physicality of our defence that when we can break, we go forward as quick as yeah. possible. And that's why late with that 20, 30, 25, 30 minutes to go, Grand Cool off the bench can really be open up the match yeah. And, yeah. Change the, and change the dimension. So if it's nil or one nil, yeah. we, can sneak, we can sneak something. And yeah. that's where the likes of having a – um, a Jamie McLaren in and around the box will be so vital yeah, because I he agree. knows how to finish. He's high on confidence. Yeah. And I think that's what Australians And in need. terms of penalty takers, he's probably oh, he's our best pretty one. pretty cool under pressure. Yeah. 
So I, I just think I, I don't think there's any reason why Australia shouldn't have some sort of not confidence but belief that our team can put something out there that we haven't seen just yet and not mm. expecting. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and, yeah, you mentioned that back four. That, that, that line is going to be deep because you wouldn't want Mbappe running in behind Sutar. As good as Sutar can be, just, he's not the fastest. That is not the Australian way. We're going to play attacking positive football. Whoa, attacking? And, I never said attacking And respect before. our opponents and, uh, and make Australians proud yeah. and, uh, and get a few points this year. That's what it's all about, making Australians proud. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Not about the, not about the result. Okay. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So, we're going to chat next week again before after the Tunisia game. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I think we of should. Course we will. Absolutely. Because that's probably um, our best chance at getting a result, getting yeah. a win. Hopefully. Um, but yeah, we'll be back again next week, Jack. Right. Thank you for that outro. Um, but yeah, that just about wraps up this week's podcast and obviously so much to look forward to uh, overnight and in the weeks to come. Uh, and you can follow it all. You can follow all the action from Guitar in the EPL Live World Cup Edition app and the A-League Live app if you have that as well. We'll have live scores, news, videos, highlights, and of course the offside report where we will be discussing everything from the World Cup. But until then... One last thing. Sorry, Nick. Yeah. If Aziz Bayic scores a goal on the back post, which I think might happen against France tomorrow... Put it on your multi. Mitch will watch the Denmark game naked at Fed Square. (laughs) There you go, Australia. We're looking forward to that. Uh, bring your paper bags to put over your head as well. So um, <laughs> what a way to finish off the podcast. All right, that's Head it, boys. I like it. I like it. Um, get down to Fed Square. Support the boys. Support the green and gold. Wear your colours and enjoy the football. Go the Socceroos.